Welcome to Lions Radio Network, where the show takes you on a roaring adventure with entertaining and stimulating topics focusing on entertainment, sports, business, world news, along with many other topics. Whatever your interests are, you will find them right here on Lions Radio Network. Jess Messen Broadcast is hosted by Jess Fole, a visual artist from Baltimore, Maryland. Jess invites those who've inspired her to recount their tales of becoming professional artists and creators. Through sharing memories and stories, Jess and her guests relive experiences, discuss new projects, and foster new ideas, all while making sense of this crazy pop culture world we live in. Tune in weekly for a variety of guests ranging from musicians, designers, artists, and entrepreneurs who are actively creating the world around us. And now, it's time for Jess Messin' Broadcast with Jess Fole. Everybody, this is Jess Full coming to you live from my art studio here in Baltimore, Maryland. Um, the shit show is off to a great start today, so we're going to hope for the best, although my computer is giving me weird alerts, so don't be surprised when some shit hits the fan. It's just the way it works around here at Jess Messin. Anyway, we have a great guest with us today. My friend Jenna Dutta is with us from Union Craft Brewing, and um, so, hey, Jenna, what's up? You there? Hi, Jess. Yes, I'm here. What's up? Fantastic. Everyone's connected. Hope for the best. All right, a little background on Jenna. Jenna Dutta is a designer and artist living in Baltimore, Maryland. She spends the majority of her time working as part of the marketing team at Union Craft Brewing. Jenna is one of Union's social media influencers and helps organize and promote events for the brewery and their supporters. She recently helped create two beer flavors and design the label art for the cans. First being Queen of Yes, which was a limited edition small batch run, and Mountain Girl, which is now sold in stores. Jenna is overseeing the latest event to take over Union Hall. In benefit of the Brain and Behavior Research Foundation, Jenna organized over 20 artists for a group show to raise awareness and funds for mental health awareness and research. The Mental Health Awareness Month show opens this Friday, May 17th at 7 p.m. at Union Craft Brewing. And if you guys don't know, I mean, if you don't know where Union is, it's 1700 West 41st Street, which is pretty much like one of the most popular places in town lately. So, hey, Jenna, welcome. Thanks, Jess. Appreciate it. No problem. Uh, um, yeah, the show opens tomorrow, 7 p.m. It's going to be very cool. Uh, we've got Scribe, who's going to be doing a musical performance. He's actually got his full band for tomorrow night, so that should be excellent. Yeah, um, I, well, obviously was in there stalking stuff yesterday because I'm a art stalker, and um, it just, like, you guys hung it. I know that there's some other pieces going up tonight, and um, it looks really cool, and it's, like, a really fun room to see so much going on in. So before we even get to that, Let's talk about you and what you do and how you got there. So give us a little background on your arting, how that came to be. Did you go to school? So what was your path in getting you to Union? Um, I moved to Baltimore in 2011 uh, to study originally art education at Towson University. Um, after about a year in that program, I switched to digital art and design. And by this point, I was already kind of stalking Union because I knew one of their interns and I started volunteering for events for them, I think in 2013. 
and eventually became their first off-site um, event employee that they had that they would just kind of hit me up on a, you know, biweekly basis and send me out to, you know, four-hour long events. Mm-hmm. And then I kept asking uh, John Zarevitz, who's one of the co-founders and the marketing director for an internship. I think I asked maybe twice, and then the third time it finally stuck. So Good for he, you, because I'm a firm believer in, um, you know, asking for you for what you want or offering what you're able to do. Like you don't, you know, everyone's under this intention or like impression rather that, you know, people are going to be aware of you and your capabilities. And I've never believed in that. Like, I've always been like, you have to ask for what you want or like, let people know, like, this yeah, is what I'm hoping absolutely. for here. So uh, yeah. you know, I totally respect and appreciate that. Good for you. All right. Yeah. <laughs> so, so you got that the internship. Yeah, that was my yeah. final semester at Towson. I had an internship with two professors um, who were installing the glass installation that's still up actually at the Baltimore Visitor Center. Um, and mm-hmm. I also had an internship at Union simultaneously. And then at the end of the semester, I wanted to propose a job to them. And I started originally making a PowerPoint. And then I was like, man, like, who am I? I don't All right. I don't write make like PowerPoints. And like, what am I doing right I, now? Am I making a PowerPoint? Yeah. Right now? <laughs> so like, instead like, a little, of doing like, literally explosive over here, like that'll make it really fun. Yeah. So instead of <laughs> like a PowerPoint or you know just a write up, I uh, wrote a rap actually um, with my with the help of my roommate. Um, we put together a rap as to why I wanted to work at Union and. The original position I proposed was uh, I wanted to be their CAN, which stood for Creative Associate Ninja. And nice. they were basically they were basically like, um, no, you can be like our our. <laughs> they were like, you can be our admin. I was like, oh, okay, <laughs> that'll work. So I accepted an admin position, and John Zarevitz was like, you know, you can come up with your own title. It just has to have the word administrative in it so I made my first official title at Union Administrative Ninja Thoris um, yeah. basically stuck for uh, the first two years of working at Union and my role kind of it was admin for probably the first six months and then I would see John um, kind of working on these little flyers for events and I would just like kind of be like hey you know I could do that for you, and then you wouldn't have to do it. And eventually he started uh, pushing me um, little projects yeah, here and there. And the, so, nice, yeah, nice. showing off the stuff that the marketing director didn't really need to be doing anymore anyway. And well, that, so I think my, that works. That's how it works. Yeah, my first, sure. my first flyer officially for unions, so I guess like my first graphic design project was um, a Beers for Queers event two years ago. And that was the first flyer, and then I just kind of kept got to keep doing more, and eventually took over the merch program and kind of working with John and me, more so me placing the orders and taking inventory, right. and then then it switched over um, tomorrow. That's a pretty um, cool also, come up. That's a pretty cool come up. That's a fun story. Yeah, 
And then as okay. soon as we started building out the new union collective, um, Chris Attenborough, who's our general manager now, kind of took a big lead in being a, one of the project managers of Union Collective. And before that, he kind of helped manage off-site events. And once he was getting kind of wrapped up in Union Collective, I just saw that there was this empty space of no one really running the off-site event. So I stepped into that role as well and started managing off-site events. And now I, um, I got promoted to marketing lead, uh, marketing lead, wait, brand design and marketing lead Asaurus. And lead Asaurus, like, I was, like, waiting for, like, the, the Asaurus, like, you know, gotta, gotta throw it. Yeah, it's like, gotta, uh, gotta get so, it in there somewhere. Side note, I have a massive love for dinosaurs. In case, uh, <laughs> I saw that on the bio. That's probably just... Dinosaur decor at the Union. I'll I'll keep that in mind. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so now, um, we yeah now that we're Union's really growing. You know we've got almost I think like 35 or 36 full time employees now. Um, and when I started there was about 12 to 15 of us. So within three years we've basically doubled our full time staff. And now that includes uh, Megan who has taken over the admin responsibilities and um, we just uh, promoted Morgan, who's going to be our events manager now. So I kind of been able to get two other people to take two of the roles that I was doing that just, we don't really have as much time for anymore now that yeah. me, John and Chris are trying to focus more on the marketing and graphic design part of things. So that's well, the, 100%, that's the because Union is definitely, I mean, I don't even want to say becoming a brand of Baltimore. Like, I, I feel like it's been there happening for, it's been going on for a minute where events that we attend, whether it's markets or fairs or, you know, outdoor concerts or, you know, um, pop-ups for fundraisers or any sort of stuff like this, you know, there is a union tent and it does kind of become you know, the epicenter of entertainment even at those events. So there's a lot more that there's a lot more that goes into it, at least from what I'm surmising and how I see it, that when you guys go and you set up at events out in Baltimore, it's an undertaking because you are bringing with you a community and an agenda and it kind of follows you where you guys roll up and it creates a really fun environment. So it's not just like bringing the beer out and setting up the tent. You know, there's more to yeah. it, in my opinion. Yeah. Okay. And that's hopefully like what will like what I hope to be able to focus a little bit more on is like really make like really branding these larger events that we're doing, and we've kind of been able to do that the last two years. We've had me and Chris um, have had more time to kind of brand what we want to like brand our tents and you know bring all these extra things to kind of make our our area blend more with what's going on in the environment so it's not just the sterile like come get your you know your beer here no it becomes kind of like a hang spot it's like you know even you know for instance let's just talk about charm city bluegrass i mean i know how long you guys have we've you know been involved with that since day one since inception so union is a huge part of it but it's not uncommon to just be to over here meet me at the union tent when someone's talking to someone on their cell phone or whatever. Like, you know, it's a destination. I think 
Union Collective and Union Brewery on its own as a destination in Baltimore. And now that presence has carried suit and followed, crossed over into these, you know, smaller public events that aren't union related, but union is prominent in. So I just think it's like, it's really identifiable. So what you guys have been working on has definitely worked, you know, and it's, and it's like, I'm like just always so impressed by it personally. (laughs) Yeah. the The community is definitely a huge part of it. And we try to, be as supportive as possible for things like, you know, Charm City Bluegrass, Hamden Fest, uh, Run Fest. Um, we're doing, you know, we last year we kind of partnered with uh, the guys who run Ratscape, um, which is like the alt mm-hmm. uh, artscape, alt artscape. Um, yeah. concert that happens at the Why Not lot next to the Crown. Um, and so we are starting to bring beer there now and we're participating, like, when we are participating in these larger beer festivals, like Maryland Craft Beer Festival and Baltimore Craft Beer Festival, we started bringing our 15-foot dustpin can to them. So uh-huh. it's our 15-foot our uh, blow-up dustpin can, which is, I think, right. be- kind of becoming synonymous with our presence at these events, too. And probably just like you were saying, like, meet me at the union tent. Now it's meet me at this, like, massive dustpin can. <laughs> Yeah, you know, it definitely, I mean, and it's fun It's because it's like, you know, just the whole basic outline, the look, the feel of union, the community of union, like, you know, it goes so much more just like, you know, I don't know, maybe wearing like a Natty Bow shirt. Like when I wear my union gear or, you know, like for me, that's kind of representing so much more than just a beer of choice like you can wear your black wing you can wear your duck pin you can wear your anthem but like for me that that's like representing a community something like I like to participate in and I appreciate being a part of so like and I think that's what follows suit like you can choose so many different types of things to support here we're lucky in Baltimore that we have a few options but kind of for me at the end of the day it always kind of it always goes back to union it's just like really fun so you know, I love hearing that you've been a part of building that. Like, I mean, truly, I didn't even know that to that degree. So that's cool to know and to hear that that's growing where, you know, other people are joining the team and that there's a need for that and that people are responding to what you guys are putting out there. It means you're doing great work. Like, that's fucking awesome, you know? Yeah. I like, mean, I just always there's always bumps in the road and, you know, sometimes it's like you were, we were like, you know, kind of scared and are a little scared that like we might not be able yeah. to finish something well, or gamble. make this festival happen. Yeah. yeah. But um, at the end of the day, we're usually able to pull it out and make it, make it work. And well, that was always trying the to... joke with like a lot of my um, New York friends, Michael Weintraub, um, particularly like he's always just like desperate. You pulled it off again. And like, really, when you set your sights and you like, you have ideas that are really big and whatever, and you're like, you know, in a sense, willing to fall flat on your face, but then also on the flip side, if you pull it off, like, it's just like, you know, like, just like such a holy shit moment. It's so worth it. <laughs> yeah. So I appreciate people who, you know, take risks like that with not only their art, but they include their business in it because it's not always the most, I mean, certainly it's not only just uncomfortable personally, it can be uncomfortable professionally, financially. 
So there's a lot more that goes into it than just, you know, like, oh, I want to try this. Like there's a lot of things that you're putting, you know, to the test when you take leaps like that. So, I mean, I think that's yeah, really for cool. Sure. All right, let's talk about um, some of your label art here. So Queen of Yav, which was a Broad City nod, was this yes. beautiful, or is, I still own one, so I'm just going to say, is this beautiful can that has all these metallic gems in the sticker printing of the label, and it's just really, really dope. The beer was great, but, um, so let's talk about that first, and then we'll get into Mountain Girl, because Mountain Girl is official, out there, moving and shaking in the world, so tell us about yeah. how you started with Queen of Yas. Cool. Um, so... John Zervis, marketing director, uh, when we were talking about this beer, which was a barrel-aged strawberry uh, rhubarb um, uh, sour ale, uh, he came, I can't remember the other name that he sent to me, but, you know, one day he just messaged, when we were, knew we had this project coming up, he messaged me and he was like, there was two names and the second one was Queen of Yas. And I was like, oh my, and, and John knows how much I love Broad City and actually yeah, helped me like help me arrange getting tickets to the parkway to see Abby Jacobson speak like a couple I guess it was like a month ago in or in March. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. I went to Tribeca um, Film Festival and saw them and I managed to get in uh, and it was insane. I know. Like that was like one of those moments I was like, I'm doing this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it is like it I don't even know how I got one, that ticket to be honest. One hundred percent okay to fangirl over them because they're amazing. Yeah, like I was um, kidding. I would had no shame whatsoever. No shame. Yeah. <laughs> I did not. Um, um. So originally, um, when he when I was like, well, we have to go with Queen of Yas. Like, you can't just like you know say that name and then like not use it. And uh, I guess maybe um, I asked. Or maybe he asked me. I can't remember the exact transition that kind of happened, but it was decided that, like, you know, I would do the artwork for it. And we went through a couple ideas, and then I kind of um, started working with this, like, gem idea and, and making the can look like a crown. And, um, you know, since we've been working with 16-ounce cans, there's, like, a couple ways you can kind of think about doing can art. You can kind of think about making it, making the focus of it um, all happen on the, on the front of the can within like this two and a half inch space that when you sit the can down, mm-hmm. you go to take a picture of it, all of that information is going to be front and center. Yeah, and then you tell can, the whole story looking straight Right on. there. Like, so yeah. like Mountain like mountain Girl, for example, is like kind of the contrast. Or you can kind of take a more abstract and just more of the can as like a whole kind of look, which is what we did for Queen of Yas, which was making it more about the whole can wrapping around and all of the information really going on the side of the can. Um, mm-hmm. So, which is cool because I, I mean I think I talked about this with the guys when they did the show that I think you know for arty people you get really like collecting label art is a real thing for people who are into it. But for people who are just in it for the beer, you know, um, the idea of like what's going on in the can can get lost. Like people are used to just like traditional labeling or like a stencil logo or something like that. So when you do something like this, it really actually makes you engage with what you're drinking 
Right. In a, in, a far, in a far greater capacity. Yeah, and because this was a specialty, uh, you know, there was only 30 cases of this beer that we actually had. Um, it was only going to be released at the brewery. It's a different um, market that you're – or a different person that's going to pick up a barrel-aged strawberry rhubarb sour can and be like, yum, I can't wait to drink this beer, whereas, like, someone that just wants to drink, like, a Pilsner or a light lager is going to be like, ah, I'm going to hard pass on, like, that weird beer. Um yeah, and so, I couldn't wait. I was like, I couldn't wait to get it. <laughs> yeah. Um, then once we once we had like the basic design of what we wanted to do, um, I, we started working with our label company, um, which is the Hub Label, right in Hagerstown, um, and the our rep who we work with, um, Courtney, just like really dove into the project with us once we started talking to her about what how we wanted to see the foil show on the can. And mm-hmm. um, then that kind of trans- – once me and John figured out that we wanted the gems to be metallic, then we started focusing more on the background. And uh, that's where you have, like, the yacht and the crown pattern going on. And we kind of – Yeah, and really in, making like, those, the foils pop. Like, what colors you're going to put under there and where you're going to place your pattern – so yeah. it's not overwhelming, all that good stuff. Yeah, cool. And, and then you still get that, like, Yacht Queen, Yacht Queen, like, in the background instead of, you know, mm-hmm. Queen of Yacht, and then just translating that back into the background. And so that was a, certainly a very special, fun, and I still have some hands of it, too, uh, and some of the labels. <laughs> certainly just a really special beer, special uh, uh, label I to work on. into, like, uh, thing to hold, like, a flower. I made it into a vase. A vase. Nice. I'll call it a vase. A vase. It's extra classy. Yeah, I used a can opener. I do it with a lot of the Union cans. Like, um, like I have the Rye Baby because I just think that's hysterical. I love it. Like, I take a can yeah. opener, and I flip the top off, and then I bend them down, and then I put cool, cool shit in there, flowers, like dried flowers or whatever. I love it. I love your art. Yeah. I'm into it. Yeah. Right. Shout out to Alex. Alex Fine for the Rye Baby can. Crushing it. Yeah. Per usual. I, it's really just something I look forward to. I've talked to John about it at length where I'm just, like, excited to see, you know, like, we were talking about Divine. And I was just, like, so pumped. So I was like, I just can't wait to see what you guys do with this to kind of, like, make it new and fresh. And, you know, like, when you guys settle on your decisions, like, I look forward to – the art of union as much as I look forward to the taste of union, you know, I'm like, right. it goes hand in hand for me. So, okay. Let's um, talk about mountain girl because now this one is available in stores. So yes. tell us the story on this and then people go buy this beer because it's delicious. <laughs> yeah. So every year we brew a beer for charm city bluegrass uh, specifically, like we make it the festival beer um, within the last year, we've also implemented a 16-ounce limited uh, release drop uh, that we try to do one every six to nine weeks. Um, that will that is about 500 cases that go to the market, so it goes into stores. Um, and the way that this this particular one was lining up, it just made sense to make the Charm City Bluegrass beer the limited release beer because we knew we wanted to take this Hefeweizen, super approachable, light, easy-drinking beer 
to Charm City Bluegrass, and so we were like, well, let's just kick this one, the same, you know, beer to the market, and this one kind of came down to the wire, which is how the project ended up in my lap, um, because we just kind of, <laughs> we were running out of time, yeah, and so uh, we this um, we all decided on a name, a group of us on a name together. Um, but this was John. So everyone kind of submitted a name for it. This was John's uh, name again, and I did a sketch for it. And we looked at it together, kind of pulled a bunch of the elements out, simplified it, and I um, started working on the flowers first. Um, but what, what was always in the original design was this, the center of the can, um, banjo, and name mm. of the beer, style of the beer. Cause, because this one was going to market, um, we, you know. Well, yeah, for merchandising, on, yeah. Yeah, when it's going up on the shelf in a liquor store, it needs to have the name and it needs to have the type of the beer, like on the front of the yeah. can, because that's how you're going to get people, like, to pick it up. So, the design was definitely super centralized to that. Um, I started working on the flowers at first. Um, and, yeah, once I had made the individual flowers, um, I would, you know, send a screenshot to John. He'd give me some more feedback and send it back to him. And that's how we ended up landing on that design. And then, again, um, we worked with the label company to pull a couple of the elements and put a gloss varnish on them instead of the mat, the full mat all the way around the can. Yeah. And that just like when those labels came in and like colors were so bright and the gloss varnish like it just gave another dimension to the can which has been super cool and then we were able to translate that same branding to you know tent scrims and bringing hay and then making cut out of banjo at Charm City Bluegrass and like setting up a little photo booth area so yeah it was it was yeah, cool like to be able to like, your whole your story your display yeah like doing all the merchandising and all that you know like all the special effects that actually create the story and the branding, not only around Union, but also around this particular beer in itself. Like, this is what we're promoting right now. This is what we're supporting. So what, um, tell us about kind of, now, I could be completely wrong, but, and I don't necessarily know if this is correct, so I'm just going to ask this. To me, I think it's really dope, because, I mean, I, I'm, I'm a lady, I'm a female. Like, I think it's cool to have a beer marketed directly towards females like I think the idea of mountain girl the look of the can even though like any man or any person who identifies as whatever can drink it but like for me I think it's really um kind of a first for me to see a beer directly marketed to female drinkers and I don't even know if that was the purpose, but I definitely kind of picked up on some of that. So, yeah, I mean, can you tell you know, us, fill us in on that? The, it's, I wouldn't say we were directly trying to market it to females. Um, it's, it's a, it's a Hefeweizen. Um, so this beer is like just super accessible. We, we had a few uh, early runs of it in our tap room um, and it's just, a light banana summertime um, 
usually drinking beer. Um, and now, mm-hmm. obviously, the now I like there was a few different names, and I was surprised. And we voted on it as to what the beer would be named, and I was surprised that because mostly the people voting on it, they were all men except for me. And the yeah. fact that Mountain, the fact that Mountain Girl had won, I was like, whoa. You know, like I'm surprised. That's what I mean. That like I think that's you really guys neat. would want such a yeah. You guys would want such a feminine name, and once they picked that, it I was mean, like, well, there's no there's no other like you know we're we're either gonna go like full femme or like you know there was no you can't call a beer mountain girl and not make it look kind of feminine. Um, and it was yeah, and I think that's really a cool because, move. Yeah. yeah, it was surprising to me, too, because we did just only, you know, a month and a half ago release Divine, a pink and purple can, uh, you know, a very, another very femme-looking can um, named after, you know, a drag queen. And so it was um, cool and, like, surprising and, uh, you know, just, like, a little refreshing to have a beer um, and have men pick a beer name named Mountain Girl, and John is the, like, he was basically, like, take it and run with it, and he only pushed for more flowers and more colors, like, there was no, like, pulling back. This is why John and I get along. There's, like, never too many flowers in my opinion. Yeah, he was just, like, you know, full throttle, like, let's, if we're going to do this, like, let's make it, you know, this super flowery, beautiful can, and I was, like, cool, like, let's, you know, rock with it. So, um, yeah, and I think that's great that, you know, it's created by a female artist and, you know, all that stuff. I just think, I mean, first of all, the the title Mountain Girl, easily it can be, you know, envisioned or sexualized as like something that's like a turn on or some, something that you're attracted to or whatever if you're a man. But also synonymous with that is the flip side and to have it be, you know, designed by a female and resonate with the female agenda, I just think is really dope. And the fact you're totally right, you you guys just did divine. So to have like kind of two back to back like that, and Queen of Yes wasn't that long ago. I mean, what was that? Right. Three months? They were all this, yeah, they were all in that was February was Queen of Yas. Um, and then Divine and Cans officially released in I think April, honestly, and then at the, or no, maybe it was March, and then at the end of April, we dropped Mountain Girl, so it's, very cool. yeah, yeah, they've been, it's been cool, um, you know, there's definitely not a lot of female, full-time female employees, it's a, it's a male-dominated industry, but, uh, totally, yeah, union does not put any kind of restrictions on that, um, on, you know, John's just super open and is it, down to, what? you know, make these pink and purple cans and you're not going to find a ton of, like, male brewery owners that would be down to do it and put exactly. a happy ale on their cans. Yeah, like... Normally, normally beer, I mean, it's not a big secret. Normally beer is considered masculine and it's, you know, men drink beer and craft beer and like whatever. And like plenty of women drink it too. And I mean, I, I first and foremost am a beer drinker. I love it. So like, you know, um, to see art, to see flavors that may be 
more attractive to females, a female palette or whatever. I'm not even like, I'm not even saying that's like the specific agenda. I think it's cool to have that included because you know, why not? Like tons of, I mean, I've been drinking beer since the keg parties in high school. I mean, college. Yeah. I mean, not middle school. I mean, what? Let's talk <laughs> about this um, show we have coming up on Friday. Um, okay, so this is for um, the Brain and Behavior Research Foundation. It's the Mental Health Health Awareness Month show. So tell us what you have going on in there what the plan is, and um, what we're benefiting, and all that good stuff. Cool. Um, yeah, so along with Union being this uh, super supportive company, um, they also embrace um, their employees. And this show kind of came about because I suffered, me and my family suffered a huge loss last summer um, due to a mental illness in our family, and um, I guess it was maybe December when we were kind of, me, John, and Chris, the marketing team here, um, we're talking about Union Hall, and we knew your show was going to be um, the last two months, and so we were talking about what could happen after that, and I had figured out that Mental Health Awareness Month was the month of May. Um, I had done some research on a lot of different nonprofit organizations, um, and I basically just suggested a group show to John and Chris, and they were like, yes, absolutely. Um, I told them about the organization, and they were like, that sounds great, too. And from there, we started working on a list of artists, and I wanted to include a lot of the artists that have supported Union and have done work for Union. Um, so people like you, um, Monica, uh, Alex Fine, um, Ela Press, uh, the owner Cat, has a piece in the show. Um, the people that we were we had had really good relationships with um, um, Aaron Fitzpatrick, who hasn't actually like done a design for Union, but she's volunteered at Union events. Um, she put together yeah. this list and also wanted to pull from different mediums. So there's Close Call Studio, who does like textile work. Um, my friends. Reed, who does wire street art, um, wire sculpture street art. So we wanted to get yeah, those kind are of a, incredible. Yeah, we wanted to get. Um, Reed has a piece up right right up around the copycat here. I just saw it a couple of days ago and took a picture of it. And yeah. just so you guys know, the artist that we're talking about is Reed Beemore, and he just recently had the whole, which I mean, balls to the wall. Kudos to you, Reed oh, Beemore, for the, the health. City hall. The, Healthy Holly sculpture that went up down at City Hall. I think he put two up there, and the second one was down before City Hall even opened that morning. The second one. So (laughs) it was incredible. I know. Mad respect. Big props. I'm excited. I saw his stuff up, and it looked great. And rumor has it there's a bigger piece that I don't mean to be a spoiler, but there's supposed to be a surprise, and you guys need to come check it out because. Yeah, I think it's going to be pretty exciting. All right, cool. We just, yeah. Or, well, like, so I should say, I should say, Chris hung it up because he's the one who got yeah, it. I, 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 I was, I was just on the ground, show, and I was like, "Bless you!" I was like, just like, just I like, thanks, so thankful. I, <laughs> shout out to Chris Attenborough again, the general manager, and Morgan, our event person. I would not have been able to hang this show without them. They both stayed with me until almost nine o'clock the other night while we were doing it all. So big props to them um yeah and it looks yeah. great 
Um, yeah, so, so there is all the over 20 artists. Sale. Yeah. Yes. All of them are for sale. 50% of the proceeds go to the Brain and Behavior Research Foundation. Um, some of the artists, though, are, are doing 100%. Um, and uh, there is an the option brain. online for a piece. Yeah, um, Erin Fitzpatrick has a Missy Elliott painting that uh, she's doing a live, like, silent auction through her Instagram DMs. Um, she mm-hmm. started it at 400 yesterday, and it is up to 600 already. Um, nice. Very cool. Um, but so the Brain and Behavior Research Foundation, um, what they do is award uh, grants to scientists who are, look- are researching uh, mental illness, um, and looking for, like, breakthroughs and advances um, to cure mental illness. Um, and so I did a little researching or wrote down some little facts. So they've uh, donated $394 million since uh, 1987 uh, when they were founded um, uh, through 5,700 grants. And those can range from, um, and like, trying to research any mental illness, and that ranges from, you know, addiction, ADHD, autism, bipolar, depression, OCD, like PTSD. So mm-hmm. they, um, I think some of the bigger ones, they've done like $89 million to depression, $31 million to bipolar disorders. Um, so they're just, um, I, I really, what I liked about them was that it wasn't about, um it, it was more about trying to find a cure for exactly, like, what this is and um, kind of, yeah. I, they're yeah, just doing really gathered, cool stuff. Yeah, from what I gathered from all of it is that they're really hitting on a lot of different um, areas of mental health that people might not ordinarily consider maybe being such a big deal. Maybe they, They're really researching things that, you know, a lot of, we personally may behaviors we may see in friends of ours or, you know, um, coworkers or whatever, things that may be alarming that can be, you know, suspect of a deeper, more problematic issue, which is one of the big things we, one of the big problems we have going on within our healthcare system now is that a lot of people are overlooked because they haven't um, necessarily exhibited strong signs of a mental health condition and because of that down the road, there are issues later that probably could have been treated and, you know, not even with prescription drugs, but with therapy and rehabilitation. And that is really what I found this to be about, that they're hitting on a lot of different areas and they're trying to find commonalities between all of it and funding all yeah. of it to be more preventative as opposed to fixing the problem later. And right. I think it's a really cool show because personally for me, I mean, I've, you know, had friends who have had, you know, have had issues, have committed suicide because of it. And I, it's something I firmly believe in. I've supported it with the 930 Club in the past. And, you know, so when you asked me to be a part of this show, I was, you know, thrilled because any opportunity to take time and to bring attention to this it's not a weakness in a person you know it's like just the way you're wired it's not somebody's fault or whatever but if we come together and we bring awareness and we acknowledge it we can help each other 
and not, you know, have to live through kind of the, the sadness that it can bring if it goes untreated. And it's pretty much what I took from their agenda too, which I appreciate because, you know, everyone deserves to, you know, figure out how to live their best life. Living your best life. (laughs) And I think like we're, we're, um, you know, really at this point where more and more people in the public eye are willing to talk about their mental illness and what they may suffer with. And that, you know, mm-hmm. may have not been the case five years ago where, you know, you wouldn't hear about someone like a celebrity suffering from depression and they, no one was, I think we're, we're taking a step in the right <laughs> direction of seeing more stuff, uh, seeing more content about mental illness in, you know, art, music, movies, you know, um, on the news Absolutely. and people post people, especially like if you talk about like, think about influencers, like this Instagram and like influencers being open about what they suffer with and open about how they handle it. And I think um, in this particular industry, the service industry, like, you know, almost everyone can relate and know someone who has suffered from a mental illness simply totally. just, you know, last year we got hit, you know, with like Anthony Bourdain and I remember it was like this huge uh, like cloud that basically went over the Yeah, because everyone's so cause... surprised. They're like, how could Anthony Bourdain be upset? But, you know, I understood Anthony Bourdain's sadness, honestly, because all he did was really go out and look for, like, the best and the good and the undiscovered in the world. Like, he was really turned on by that stuff and having a great time while doing it. And to see, you know, the shift in our country and the way we've been treating each other and stuff, I think would be horrific for someone like that. And if you have a tendency or, you know, the capability to really feel those emotions maybe – you know, 40, 50 times more than the average person or something. It's wonderful when they're great emotions and it's horrible when it's sad emotion. And that has nothing to do with your control that, you know, you were put on the planet this way, that way. You know what I mean? So like, it's about coming together and realizing that in each other and, you know, figuring out a way to help and to nurture, not to judge. Right. So the fact that yeah. people are discussing that, I think I, you know, I totally agree with you that there's been a shift in the paradigm of the idea of what mental illness is and should I be embarrassed about it? You know, like, right. no. No. And, and right. it's, that's what's like so cool about this is that like, you know, it is a very sensitive topic still for people who don't want to talk about it. And that is like, you know, it's, no one's going to force anyone to talk about it, but I think um, union allowing us to put on this show and have, you know, one night to talk about it to people, um, you know, Creative do some live po- yeah. do some live poetry reading. Um, who's, um, who's to say that someone who comes to that show tomorrow uh, maybe recognizes in themselves that they have, that they're suffering with something, but they've been too afraid to do anything about it. Like maybe this space will shed some light and like, hopefully, you know, let them know that, Hey, you know, we all can relate and it's time to do something about it. It's, you know, it's more about the humanity. It's empowering. It's, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, 
it's to empower and it's to embrace. And I mean, that's why I chose, like, I wanted to be a part of it. Like, I think it's great to offer, in a sense, a safe space of people who are not obviously judgmental about these situations and, you know, about people who, you know, I, I always kind of considered it probably like maybe care too much, you know. And yeah. um, so the fact that there all these people came together, not only Union, but these artists and the live performers is just a testament to how many people out there are willing to listen and understand and embrace and support. So, you know, um, if you're feeling that, you know, you might be questioning some things or you've noticed a change in yourself, you think can change with age. Like it's not like a written agenda. Like, you know, as you get older, your chemical makeup changes and shit happens. And all of a sudden you're like, these are new feelings. These are weird. Like, so this is an opportunity for you to come to a space where we're cool with that. We want to, you know, raise awareness, create, you know, safety in numbers. And, you know, if, like Jenna says, you know, maybe it'll make you realize that there is an easy, not an easy way, because I don't want to belittle it, but, like, there is a, a comfortable way and a place that, you know, you can find treatment and care and, you know, just be happier and, in a, in, yeah. you know, be more comfortable in yourself. For sure. I'm, I'm exactly. looking forward to it, man. I, I saw the Me art. Too. I thought the stuff there was really uplifting and really just like a fun room. So I think, you know, it'll be a really good party. Yeah, it'll be great. So there's live painting by Lurker. Uh, Deep Glass is going to bring um, two of his friends, and they're going to be doing some live glass blowing demonstrations. Um, I've got two poets who are going to read during scribes, like set break in Union Hall. Um, And, yeah, I think we're going to have a great group of people come out. um, And we're going to raise a Chino, who's the boy with the blue beard. He's going to be here as well. Um, He's going to kind of – Baltimore foodie. Yes. He's going to – and he's someone that is very open about his struggle with um, depression and – so I, I wanted him to come and speak for, you know, even if it's only two minutes, just because he is open about what he's dealing with. He talks a lot to on his, um, you know, feed and on his stories about what he does to handle his emotions. And I think, you know, if, the, if we can have more people. That's really empowering, like, yeah. Yeah, more people like him just talking about it and being open about it um, and not being ashamed of it is important and it's more like, yeah. like change the stigma in the conversation and talk about the humanity that we share and like not the, you know, whether or not it's a mental illness that we share, that doesn't matter. Like we're all here and yeah, maybe human. Maybe we should just call it Humanity Awareness Month. Yeah, wow. exactly. But, you know, but seriously, like, cause it's not, you know, there is a stigma around it and I think that's unfair because, you know, at the end of the day, I really truly believe that no one would put themselves in a position, in a sense, to make their life more difficult. You know, like, right. life comes with a bunch of hurdles and, um, you know, all sorts of unexpected things. And I don't think that anyone would ever put themselves in harm's way just for sport or for fun. So that's why this is really serious for me and the friends of mine that have been affected by this and, you know, have, you know, have passed 
because of it, you know, like it's the, the amount is ridiculous. I mean, I guess once you work in rock and roll and art and all this good stuff, like, and like you said, hospitality or the service industry, there's certain, certain professions that really gear towards it. And, um, you know, I miss them dearly. And I, you know, had I, you know, I, you, you always think there was something more you could have done. There was a better, you know, whatever, but really this is what we can do and we're doing it. So tomorrow night, Friday, come, May 17th. come in, you know, you don't, if you come in, check out the art, maybe you can't buy any, but we'll, you know, we're here to hang out. We'll pour one out for your, your loved ones that you may have lost. We can all pour one out yeah, together. I, I um, definitely will. I mean, I'll, I'll drink it. <laughs> we did have a we also just had um a last minute um addition who's gonna pop up and do a table tomorrow and it's the Baltimore Out of the Darkness um for the American Foundation uh for suicide prevention actually. So there's also gonna be another group joining us tomorrow. They're just gonna have some bracelets and different giveaways and Yeah, so, so you know, there's there's yeah, lots of organizations, artists, musicians, and performers who are here to support and spread awareness. All right. Well, we'll we'll be there. My piece is there. Um, I think it has a buyer already from the Instagram, but we're figuring that out. I've just got some messages, so I have to look at that. But either way, we um, are going to figure something else out for you guys if this painting pre-sold I'm probably going to do commissions and then donate um, continue the donating of 50% so you know come out see the smiley face and like I'll just sell as many as we can and donate as much money as we can so that's the plan yes cool all right Jenna I can't wait congratulations on your first radio show you did a (laughs) kick-ass job thank you I'm honored it. to have popped your radio cherry, and from all of us here <laughs> at Jess Messon Studio, Jess Messon Broadcast on Lions Radio Network. Thank you for joining us from all over the world. Thank you to Jenna Dutta and Union Craft Brewing. We'll see you tomorrow for the Brain and Behavior Research Foundation Mental Health Awareness Month show at 7 p.m. at Union Hall. Have a great day, everyone. Bye, Jenna. Bye, Jess.